In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who truly does give us perspective on this world. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's called inversion therapy. The whole idea behind inversion therapy is that if you've got a problem usually with your neck or with your back, what some doctors recommend you do is that you go into this thing called inversion therapy. And knowing that word inversion, you might be wondering what exactly this is all about. Well, it seems like there's basically two ways to do inversion therapy. The first one looks a little torturous, but it's probably a little bit easier. The first one, they put you on this thing that sort of looks like a gurney, and they wheel you out and they strap you down in it so that you can't move. And then the cool thing about this gurney is that it flips so that all of a sudden you're upside down. All the blood is rushing to your head and that's supposed to help you out if you've got neck or back problems. The other way of doing this is you can get some neat little clips that you can strap onto your ankles and you can do it yourself. You can just put up a bar in your house and you can put on these clips and hang from your doorway like a bat. And once again, this all goes towards helping you out if you've got some back problems or a neck problem. What it does is it reverses the way that your body usually experiences gravity. Your body usually experiences gravity pulling you down this way. And in inversion therapy, it flips that. It turns it around. It makes it completely different. And in some cases of inversion therapy, people have actually talked about an elevated mood after they do their inversion therapy. Now, I don't know if that has to do with all of the blood rushing to your head at once, but what they say is that they actually feel better after they look at the world upside down for about 15 minutes. Because it changes their perspective. It changes the way that they see their house. It changes the way that they see the world. It shows them some things that maybe they wouldn't have picked up before. It changes their perspective on what life is. Of course, you don't need to go into inversion therapy to really experience that change of perspective. A lot of the times it just sort of happens naturally to us. I had a rental car from the body shop just this past week because somebody hit my car. And so I had this brand new Chevy Silverado that I was driving around and hoping that I wouldn't scratch because it was way more than what I could afford if I did. And I was driving this thing around and all of a sudden, all around me, I started noticing all of the other Chevy Silverados, which... I never noticed before. I never noticed before I was actually driving one. Maybe you've had an experience like that where all of a sudden you get something new or you're involved in something new and it seems to open your eyes to a whole new hidden world that was there all the while. 
but you just didn't notice it because you didn't have the right perspective. And sometimes it happens to us in other natural ways. Maybe you've gone through a class and then all of a sudden you understand a little bit more about why the leaves fall the way that they do or why the weather acts the way that it does or why people put sentences together how they do. And in all of those things when your perspective gets changed you noticed something new about the world. You notice something perhaps newer and more beautiful. Or perhaps you notice something that wasn't quite right. Sometimes when you change your perspective, you notice that things aren't right. Probably everybody in this room, save some of the kids, have probably painted a room before. And you have that interesting little... uh, change of perspective when you paint a room. Because you paint a room, and there are bound to be mistakes in the way that you paint. There are bound to be a little splotch of red on the ceiling where you didn't intend it to be. Or maybe that line isn't quite as straight as what you wanted it to be. And everybody else who walks into that room, if you asked them that was there, they would say, no. I didn't notice anything. But to you, it glares and screams out to you. Fix me. The way that our perspective works is that sometimes it shows us some things in our life that we're not quite ready to handle or can't quite handle knowing that it's there. Jesus today changes the perspective of several people that he's in the synagogue with. What he does in this gospel reading doesn't sound that crazy to us. That's because we are not living as first century Jews. But this story is a strange story if you would have read it from the perspective of the people that got it. Being in a liturgical church, we understand habit. We understand that there are certain ways that we do the things that we do. And so that gives you a leg up in understanding this. What Jesus does is He begins to act just like any normal synagogue service would have gone. He stands up in order to be the reader. And he gets up, and normally the reader would have the scroll rolled out in front of him. And the scroll that's rolled out in front of him is from the prophet Isaiah. They went on a series of readings, much like we do. And that was rolled out in front of him, and he quoted, he read some of those words of Isaiah. The problem is he only read about two verses. And then he stopped. And he sat down. For all of you, that would be like if I said, in the name of the Father and of the Son, and I sat down. And it says that the eyes of all were on him. 
I think you would probably be looking at me too. What's wrong? What happened? And then he says something that's even more shocking. He says, Today these words are fulfilled in your hearing. These words that he read about the release of captives, about blind people receiving their sight, about the messianic age, about the time that most of the people in the room were looking forward to, this time when the Messiah would come, this time where their perspective would be changed, because instead of being on the bottom rung of everything as they were, instead of being under the thumb of Herod, instead of being under the thumb of the Romans, they would be on top. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, I'm a different sort of Messiah. I'm changing your perspective about what it means to have a Messiah. Having a Messiah doesn't mean that you're going to subjugate others. It means that God's will, God's Word, His light is here amongst us. In some ways it's a lot like what we read from Nehemiah in the story of Ezra where they find the book of the law again and that changes their perspective. This book of the law that Israel had actually lost. They had lost the Bible for hundreds of years. And their perspective was changed as they heard these words once again. And as we come to our Bibles in our days and in our weeks as we look at what God has for us, He's given us the story of Scripture to change our perspective, to change what we see. And sometimes it's tough for us to have that perspective. Because like the people in the room, sometimes we see our faults magnified in His Word. And we should. Because He sets up His Word and His will, and He gives us this picture of what perfect life is like. And no matter who we are, when we look at that picture of perfection, we have to say, well, I'm not there. I'm not perfect. But that's not the only thing that this change in perspective does. This change in perspective shows us a different God than what we would expect. This change in perspective shows us a perfect God, yes. It shows us a God who is beyond our understanding, 
who is so holy that we couldn't stand looking at Him because we would die. But our perspective has changed in that we're not afraid of this God. This is not a God that we come to groveling. This is a God that we come to, He invites us to come to Him as a Savior. As someone who is going to set us free. As someone who is going to take the blinders off of our eyes. As somebody who puts the world in perspective. That perspective has everything to do with heaven. And that perspective has everything to do with the resurrection. Because if you call yourself a Christian today, that means that in your perspective is this hope that you are not going to die for the final time when you die for the first time here. In your perspective is this hope that there's this place called heaven. In your perspective is there's this thing called the resurrection where you will be bodily raised out of your tomb. And you will live in that state without sin, without tears, forever. That this, this is just like a horrible camping trip. This is just a temporary life. It's no more worse than the rain It'll come down this afternoon. It'll go away, but the permanence is that there's something beyond this. And when you understand that perspective, when you understand that this is just temporary, that this is a pilgrimage, that this is a journey that you're on for a little while, and yes, you have a job in this time, but that it's not everything then you'll stop treating this life like it's everything. You'll begin to understand the truth and the meaning of God's Word. That this is only temporary. And that there is coming a time where you will be comforted for all time. For beyond all time. For eternity. And this will just seem like a little blip that once happened to you. It will seem like first grade. Second grade. You don't even remember it that well anymore. Eternity is given to you by the one who says, This is fulfilled. And He fulfilled it for you on that cross. And He fulfilled it for you and gave you a picture of it when He Himself rose out of that tomb. You have this perspective now. Go and live like it. Amen.